Okay, let's go. Freddie once sang that he wants to break free. That pretty much captures the mood, you'll agree. No hugs, haircuts or holidays for over a year. The pubs and shops shut. No raucous cheer of fans at the game, of kids at school. Stay home, mask on, two-meter rule. But the lockdowns, the measures, they're not without cause. They've been there because death just will not pause. It's assault on us all through this miserable virus. Death is the reason they've had to require us to not see our family or friends for so long. It's death that's the problem. That's what's gone wrong. So here, then, is the issue you see. When all this is over, when they say, you are free, when we rip off our masks and we hug once again, when we dance and we sing and we gather with friends, I can't wait. But hold on. Because despite no restrictions, death hasn't gone. Virus or not, death wins the day, which kind of dampens our hip hip hooray. Unless, unless there was a way which we could be free from even the grip of death's tyranny. But how, you may ask, can we beat the Grim Reaper? Well, that is the wonderful message of Easter. Jesus, son of God, came to earth as a man. The word became flesh. It was always God's plan. And the reason he came was to die for our sin, to swap places with us so that we could begin the life we were made for, free from our shame. At the cross, Jesus took on himself all our blame, the perfect one coming to die in our place so that for all who trust him, they're given God's grace. But the message of Easter doesn't end there. Jesus died, he was buried, but no one could prepare for what happened next. He rose from the dead, meaning death no longer has to fill us with dread because on that Easter Sunday, Jesus broke free. He rose from the grave so that if you believe that Jesus died in your place and then rose, then listen to this, here's how it goes. You too no longer have to fear death whenever it is that you take your last breath because Jesus has beaten it. Here's your guarantee. Come to Jesus this Easter, believe, and be free. The reading is uh, from Matthew 27, 57 to 28, 10. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. 
So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me. Thanks be to God. Well, thank you so much to everyone who's taken part this morning or, or suggested music. I just want to very, very briefly, before we go outside to sing that song together, I just want to show you a painting. This is a painting by uh, a Swiss artist, Eugene Bernand. He painted it in, in 1898. And uh, I'm just going to read to you what uh, one Christian author wrote a little a few words about this painting that we're going to see in a minute. Uh, there it is. And uh, Mike Frost. Uh, the author, who, he just says this. Uh, As the first blush of dawn is tinting the clouds, Peter and John, that's the, who, the disciples in the painting, it's Peter and John rushing to the tomb. Peter and John are rushing to the tomb of Christ. They've just been told by Mary Magdalene that she and the other women found it empty, that Christ has risen. Her words are ringing in their ears, but their faces and their bodies reveal that they aren't sure whether they can believe her. John, the younger of the two, rings his hands anxiously. He was with Jesus when he died on the cross. He looks as if he can barely bring himself to believe that Christ might be alive again. And then there's Peter. He was the only one to verbally deny even knowing Jesus in his darkest hour. In this picture, Peter looks terrified, hopeful, ashamed, desperate. He's not sure whether he can believe the reports, but he wants to. Oh, how he wants to. How did the painter capture such a variety of emotions in that one face? Peter, Peter's hand grasps his chest as if feeling for courage, the courage that deserted him just nights earlier. They both lean forward, walking briskly, readying themselves to break into a run. The picture crackles with kinetic energy. It is a study in desperate anticipation. Surely this is also the posture with which we should approach Easter, leaning in, wringing our hands, clutching our chests, desperate for it to be true. 
Isn't that what Lent has been about? Haven't we been bearing the burden of our brokenness, ashamed of our denials of Christ, and hoping against all hope that Jesus is alive, and that he loves us, and that he forgives us? The painter depicts the promise of what's to come for these two. And that's our experience of resurrection too, isn't it? We take it by faith. We rush headlong into the future, trusting that Christ is alive and that he will return to vindicate our faith and forgive us our trespasses. So may this overlooked masterpiece be a comfort to you this Easter and may your faith increase and your brokenness be healed and may your eyes be filled with the same hope that Peter's and John's were on that first Easter morning. Indeed, a happy Easter to you all. May it be filled with hope because of the good news. The good news is that Christ is risen.